listening to Boop, which you can find on all platforms under the spelling BCCP. My name is Ivan Cheng, and when I learned that I would speak to Sophie Lee walking around the Vestigas Fabrique, I dove into boxes to find a wind guard and started thinking about the things that make me uncomfortable about that patch of land. I thought about this strip of shops which begins with a Tony's Chocolonely, a brand of chocolate that I never desired to watch the documentary for, which I understand to posit the great things that this brand of oversweet, overflavored, brightly wrapped chocolate variations does in terms of their ethical supply chain by paying money to try to discourage proliferation of child slavery in cocoa supply. They hold 20% of the choco market share in the Netherlands and invite you to literally consume their designed metaphor of uneven distribution with every bar stamped in a way that's not a grid. Maybe it's just a general unease about ethical production and fair trade slash organic signaling licensing as brand strategy, which affects my discomfort over this corner store to an alley of low-level virtue signaling event spaces and bars, the bog, the marsh, the former water tower where we watched a three-day selection of moments from Stockhausen's seven-day opera list with a demanding and particular performance practice taught to young musicians from national conservatoires over the last few years so that they might continue to espouse post-war contemporary classical music forward. The pop-up bars and restaurants which linger a little longer than they were supposed to. The tacit understanding of audiences as temporary demographics resigned to shifting. That there's a natural and normal and we perform operations to enhance fairness or opportunity within this. The Vestigas Fabrique makes me think this every time I enter, which I also know is dumb because most areas of this city and many others could provoke such thoughts. Sophie, Lee and I have been drifting in and out of each other's lives for the past three or four years. She walks down the stairs of her apartment and hands me a peanut butter jar of kimchi that she's made with a fluorescent green post-it reading Ivan Kimchi strapped on by a purple elastic band which is stamped to say it's Peruvian. Her hair has a beautiful texture, loose, dark curls, an easy fringe, sharp eyes. This was the first episode I recorded since the February set, which constituted the first four episodes of this podcast. She wore a leather coat with 70s-style lapels triangular over a woolen sweater, and that's all I remember, but I could imagine she was wearing bell-bottoms and a boot. I mean, to say that to my eye, there's a unself-conscious appearance of being out of time, elegant, and falling as vintage. I also see her in my mind's eye as a t-shirt wearer from the time we went to the Sahol after Isabel Mallet's goth talk, which was the last weekend before the Netherlands imposed that public gathering should not be occurring. Um, it's Liberation Day. I'm standing at an upturned outdoor bench of a breakfast cafe on the corner where we had chatted some weeks before over a gin and tonic. I broke her glass. She had handed me a mini magnum-style ice cream, sickly sweet chocolate, and a little plastic wrapper coated in semi-fredo goop. 
Today, we were going to have a martini in the park, but I didn't buy anything for martinis, so I carried a bottle of Zaudam out of your neighbor with the idea to drink cans of beer with it. We first entered orbit through a mutual friend in London, Bronte Dow, who, born six days after me, was a total late teen obsession and revelation. It's at a barbecue that she invited me to that I learned that people put lemon on roast vegetables, that you could roast and roast and roast it, that a palate might favor that. I invited Bronte to show some work in an apartment space I was running on the outer side's Octoberville, the second floor of 149, when it was operating under the acronym ICW. I think we were drinking Aquavit, which I loved buying at that moment in time. Sophie is an artist who has been making films lately and is in the process of making one now. She came to Amsterdam for the residency at De Ateliers and, after leaving, has returned. She plans to move to San Sebastian in Spain later this year to study at the EQZE, an impressive new study center on film creation, archiving, and curatorship. I love her work and the sensation it produces in me. Disclaimer, I think I know that it's pronounced Montez Bras, but I had a flight of fancy while speaking and walking and thought to call it Monte with a silent Z. After our conversation, we ate a Peking duck pancake from the corner kiosk of the park, a place we hadn't tried, but Beckett recommended. Uh, um, less impressive. Uh, I had a very, just... like, a really nice run the other day where I was, like, the, I was listening to this radio show uh, that my friend does, the music was just, like, really good, like, really exciting somehow, and the sun was out, and then I was just, like, stretching here, listening to my music really loud while this was going up, and I was having, like, a really good time. What mix was it? It was this, um, UK funky mix that, um, uh, his name is Charles Drakeford. He he runs a label called um, From the Depths in okay. London, and he's he's part of Boiler Room. Well, he works for Boiler Room, and then he has a show on it. Yes. Cool. Um, but then, do you download this or do you stream this? I I've got the NTS app, and then I just play it. Off. I didn't know they had an app. They have an app. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm like their biggest fan. So like, really? Have I you mean, ever done a mix for? No. Do you DJ? No. No. Mm. I mean, I, I think we were talking about it before, and you're right, it does get a bit samey, but I have this real, like, emotional connection to them somehow. Yeah. Well, I think that I said it sounds remarkably similar despite the diversity. But yeah, yeah. not in a bad way. Yeah, no, but there were, I, or you, I have noticed that you can get, like, I don't know, this weird, like, saturation which almost feels, like, existential because you're like, there's so much stuff. Why do I not want to listen to any of it? And then right. I can, like... Um, and then I think it's maybe more that even though they have so much stuff, it's not as varied as it looks yeah. on the first. But how long have you been listening to NTS? Like, how many long, years? many years. Do you feel there's, like, a market change between... Like decades? I don't know. Like, I think maybe not. I think that's more the thing. Ah, like, it's not... But it's a consistent sound. Yeah, yeah. Are like, there? yeah, sometimes there'll be certain songs which, I like, gain a currency and then they, like, start cropping up in all of the shows. Right. And, but it's... I don't think it's changed that much. Did you listen much to Berlin Community Radio? A bit. I mean, I've kind of forgotten about it. Because you were it, living although... in Berlin when it was quite, quite big. Yeah. I think I was actually listening to it 
a lot, like way before when I was in London and a friend got me onto it and then I think I kind of forgot about it by the time I was there. Oh. Um, it's over now, right? Is it, re- is it really? Yeah, oh, it stopped a, f- oh, no. a year or two ago and then people were sad and distressed and then I guess that kind of faded as well. Uh, oh shit, okay, no, I, did, I, I, I actually just completely forgot about it. I sometimes listen, I've been listening to uh, Radio Capital, which is this Warsaw um, radio community radio station that Piotr listens to. It's quite good. Similar concept, like yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's shows. like a, an equivalent of both of right of NTS and Berlin. Do you like the ones where people talk in between? Like, do you like the radio style thing, or do you like the I DJ actually... style? Mix. Exactly what is that? I tend to, uh, I think I like try and avoid it when people talk. Ah. Um, I think more because of when I listen to it, like I'm often writing and then it's distracting okay. to have too much chat. Right. Um, sure. But I think if I'm in a more studio vibe, then it's then that could be quite nice. Like yeah. Having a little friend. I've been listening a lot to the Monte Press uh, radio, oh, but okay. uh, realizing that I can get up early in Amsterdam and add things to the global playlist because it's a, it's a system where you have to choose what you want to listen to um, oh. and then everyone in the world has to listen to it. So sometimes you get there and there are eight things queued up, but okay. sometimes there's like one or two and then I look at what's playing, I decide if I want to listen to it, yeah. I add some things and then I usually just set a timer for when my things start. But then the other day I tried to listen to, um, like a, I guess, a recording of Tan Hussein Clark from Cell Project Space. Uh-huh. And that was like a one hour and 50 minute show. And then it was about to come on and then it just skipped over it. No. And then it went straight on to the next thing. And no. I thought, is someone like <laughs> pulling the strings from the other side? <laughs> Do you know Tan Hussein Clark? No. Uh, I guess he was part of Villa Design Group. And um, he works. Read the name. Yeah, he he writes a lot and he writes okay. scripts and rehearses them, really oh. like plays. So he'll rehearse them for like six weeks before they happen. Okay. Um, and I, but I've never seen a performance. I, I think that one of the more substantial. There's like a really weird Swiss Institute registration of a performance, which is like very difficult. I, oh, like have you ever seen videos of Guy de Quante? Um, this um, French artist who was living in LA who also wrote plays. It's like very stylized. Guillaume Quante did a kind of cryptography thing and also um, uh, was very influenced by TV serial type pulpy language and had okay. these very archetypical females doing this thing. Uh-huh. So it has like a similar energy, but then I saw a show in Oslo at 6 7. Of, uh, of his work and I think that was like a set related to the first film that he ever made which screened at the big like at the Kunstnernishus or whatever it's called uh, and then I, like a, it was like a really stunningly beautiful installation with like kind of like the good formal nods the theatricality and like staging um, and and uh, and then speaking with the gallery director Esperanza, and then like I was like, oh, this is, oh, this sounds like something I'd really be interested in. I'd be like really invested. I'd really like to see this. I'd really love to read the writing. 
because it was also, I, I think it was like some type of Tibetan wood which had been bought for the cabinets that he was going to um, build in his house after he was married, but then that marriage fell apart, so then he had decided to make it into these like semi-cabinet door type <laughs> installation. So like a, it had that type of energy, okay. like um, big production, but uh, writing-centered energy. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And so there's like a thing that happened at Cell Project Space mm. called um, like Eight Voices or something. And it was one hour and 50 minutes long. And I was like, oh my God. Um, it would either probably blow me away or just be underwhelming. But I, I'm still... You still don't know. And he's one of the editors for uh, Monte Press. Uh, okay, okay. I found out. Right. So then I thought, oh, well, if I really wanted to, A, I could request, but then that would become, like, very obvious. Mm. Uh, or I could write directly, but I don't know, cold yeah. emails. Are, um, but, yeah, tell me if you do find out more, because I'm quite curious now. That sounds very... Yeah, I think that the things that, if you Google him, yeah. the things that come up are not that compelling. Okay, um, there's a really uh, he did an Art Basel parkour the same time as Monster Jetwind who was maybe called Spartacus at the time uh-huh. um, and then they did the two big commissions and they, they were like Art Basel type panel discussions about what they're okay. doing which are uh, a bit whatever but um, yeah that guy used to be my landlord really? yeah Taking a turn in the park. Yeah. <laughs> Did, do you think you recognised me? I think so. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I can tell you later. <laughs> Is there a story? <laughs> yeah, but it's only because I left the place in a kind of weird condition. Because oh. you know, there was a place on the canal. Oh, that one. <laughs> and then yeah. there was this um, golden spray paint tag on the ceiling, which I. <laughs> was always too lazy to paint over <laughs> and then I painted over like very suddenly in like the last week so it was like just <laughs> that patch of a dolphin <laughs> and then um, it, it was such that when like light came in and it reflected on the ceiling yeah. then you'd see this uh-huh. kind of thing and um, that's also a gift to the next tenant yeah I don't know um, I th- was yeah it was Mm, I don't know if I was I think I was an okay tenant like not award winning but uh, <laughs> I mean I think I mean I wouldn't ask him for a reference I don't I mean I don't think it's like can you be an amazing tenant I think you can only be an okay tenant yeah you can be the type of like very conscientious spackler um, what's a spackler or like fills in all the holes uh, in the wall yeah um, or like really repaints the whole thing very well like yeah. you know how some people you can paint okay. but then you have to repaint because I uh, I asked for permission to paint and mm-hmm. he said yes you you can but then you'll have to repaint it and it needs to be it was just like very weird shade of green and like a, <laughs> a green gloss okay. and it was, like, it was okay. extremely expensive to paint and I was like oh. <laughs> I don't know if I can be bothered to even cover up this green you, it was a it was very like um stir-fry shop okay. um, 
that's so contrary because then obviously the next person like this freshly painted green wall the next person moves in is gonna be like can i paint this white <laughs> and it's gonna go round and round yeah but it was his his name is ronald and it was mm. like a the place that he his whole family i think owned and this was okay. his apartment for a while um and so maybe there's like some sentimental attachment to, the, okay. to it because it also came semi-furnished and Okay, I see. Yeah. That apartment was so cool. Yeah. Like, I regret not keeping it. But... Yeah. I don't know. Seized up by, like, real estate desire. <laughs> God, I wish I had a place. <laughs> what does he do? He just pees in a cafe. Huh? That part of my... <laughs> oh, right. I thought you were, like, asking about his practice. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> um, and it took me a while to understand peas in a cafe. Uh, he, I guess he goes down to the cafe or prepares beforehand. Okay. Um, but he didn't like get into specifics of which place he went. But then, like, if it was me, I would just kind of like if it was, I would just probably pee into um, a bottle yeah. if I needed to. Like, I'd just stay there for, like, six or seven hours and, like, let that discomfort just structure my time. Yeah. Come down with your bucket. I don't think I would pee a bucket. <laughs> Maybe I'd get, like, a... Um, like, one of those still water spa bottles. So okay. it's, like, kind of tinted okay. and ridged. Um, <laughs> I once... When the... Um, When the uh, volcano happened in Iceland, um, I was flying back from New York with my boyfriend at the time. And then when we were in there, they were like, oh, we can't land. This has been this volcano. And it was all very confusing. So then we went to Paris and then we took a bus to London. But it was a bit like chaotic. and so like, there was just like no point where anyone went to the toilet for like many, many hours and then everyone was getting really desperate. And then, because they weren't allowed to stand up. Because they weren't allowed to pee or they weren't allowed to like, I don't know, somehow we'd been kind of just like pushed mm. from one situation to another and then I was like begging the driver to stop and he was like, no. Wait, you and were personally begging? I was fine actually, but my boyfriend's time was like really needed to pee and then... Is a cocktail. Cool. Yeah, but that's probably like not the best way to. <laughs> I, it'd probably be better if you like <laughs> took a few Drank sips. <laughs> anyway, long story short, we had like a. That you had a boyfriend two, at the time. I had a boyfriend. Brag, brag, <laughs> brag. <laughs> so he was such a dick. I don't know. That wasn't the. the he knows who he is. Um, but then we had like a two liter bottle of Evian. And he was like, you have to drink the two litres and then I'm going to pee in the bottle. And I was like, but then I'm going to need to pee. And he was like, it's either that or I'm going to like piss on us both right now. I'm going to like sit here until London. So then I had to like down this bottle. And be like, what a dick. Yeah, yeah, he was a dick. Yeah. Well, I had to like down two litres of water where I was just like, oh God, this is going to be like. Because it was full. Yeah. And then, and then he was like peeing in the bottle and then it was like, he peed so much. It was like really like, we were just like, oh my God, like, where is this coming from? And it was like, is it gonna, yeah. And he like got like right to the lid and stuff. 
Oh, well, he like peed out two liters. Well, then maybe I didn't drink the full two liters. Okay, so it became brackish. <laughs> it became brackish. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers to that. <laughs> brackish cocktail. It's excellent. Really? Yeah. Um, it tastes a lot more, I think it hasn't really mixed. It's like a... But you've had this before, like a... Not in the same vessel. Oh. I more like sip sip. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like getting a... What else do you pour things into? Like a club mate with vodka, vodka mate. I've had a vodka mate. Where they make you drink a, yeah, drink a gulp a nice and then touch. they dip it in. I went to um, Gerritsen's today, mm. which was quite fun. For shopping or just browsing? Just browsing. Um, I'm looking for a dress for one of the performers. But they're quite, they're like a bit overly theatrical. They're mm. sort of like, this doesn't look period, like... It looks Halloween. Yeah, or it looks like like it's like for theatre of just like old times, any old times, smushed together. And then they're all like evening dresses, and I was like, I don't know if this is quite the. Maybe you can write to a theatre somewhere, like um, yeah. the ITA, maybe, or like maybe the opera as yeah. a stuff. I wonder if it would be similar, because I think that Gerritsen's is hiring two theatres oh. a lot. So it was quite cool in there, like the, the woman is just like working alone in this huge building of costumes and. I guess at the moment, like literally, no one's going in. It's like this must be a weird life, just like in here with like all of these like togas and armor. And, like, was she steaming or was she just she sitting? She was just. I mean, she was showing us around. I guess maybe she just went home after that. Okay. Oh, you made an appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Hmm. Do you have to get a certain size for it? Well, I mean, I'm having to like right? recast much everyone so now I have no idea who this is for so I was like I guess I'll just see what they have and I'll probably have to come back and do a fitting but um yeah it's like it's like stressful but then I also can't even be bothered to be stressed because it seems like so out of my hands and then also yesterday my cinematographer called and was like I don't think I can do it because I have to travel to Vienna and I I'm scared I won't get into Austria after I go into the Netherlands because it's so high in comparison, which is like... Really? Yeah, like we are like... Like here, everyone's like, great job, cool, like everything open. And then yeah. like in other countries, they're like, oh, don't go there. It's like, well, but I thought that Austria had opened up. Austria's opening up, but I think that there's the possibility that their borders... I mean, I think it's like unclear, but mm. that their borders might be quite strict. And mm. that... Because I was, I was looking... Because for a brief moment, I was like, oh, fuck, I can't find anyone to, like, replace these actors. I was like, maybe I can bring people over from the UK. Maybe that's fine. <laughs> and I was looking, I was like, no, absolutely not. But they they have, like, a list of countries which are, like, high risk. And then and where the Netherlands is on is in high risk. Congratulations, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my brain, it just feels like there's a shift that's happened in the last few days. I'm like... Mm. Back to normal-ish, with caution, but... But, like, because I walked back through Culver Street, Mm. and it's, like, feels like normal. Oh, shops are open. A lot, not everything, Mm. but a lot more than before. Like, it's, and it's, like, busy. Right. 
it's even quite rare to see people wear masks. Like, I feel ashamed to be wearing a mask <laughs> while cycling. Yeah, or like people then treat you like you're more dangerous when you're in the mask. Which is fine by me. Like, yeah, uh, I guess so. I'd rather no one look me in the eye than, um, than feel normal. Then, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> So you want to forge ahead with shooting and you want to shoot well, soon? Well, I would... I don't know, actually. Like, I don't know if it's such a good idea or it's, like, a nice thing to ask other people to do, to be in a group. But then they want to open the show in August. I don't know why, but somehow I ended up watching all these, um, well, I watched the video of Ed Atkins' show at the Martin Grobius Bar, like a version of Old Food. I don't know if I've seen this. What is... Um, it has, it, everyone's crying all the time. Oh. And there's like, there's this kid playing piano and there isn't really any speaking, I guess. I but then there are racks and racks of, um, costumes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that in Venice, actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing that traveled around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then I, I was like watching that. I, I really don't know. I think it's because it, I ended up watching maybe like 40 minutes of this performance capture thing that was done by um, all these people at the Manchester Festival who had their bodies and their faces and arms tracked uh, and then they read a continuous monologue so I think it's in maybe 90 minute text mm -hmm. which is done by like different performers and it's like it really varies in the quality of recording that happened mm -hmm. and it was posted on the Castello Rivoli um, digital blah 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 stuff uh, it's where Carolyn Christoph Bakajev works she curated an Istanbul Biennale in like 2015 or something and there's a really weird talk with um, Cevdet Erek, Lawrence Wiener and someone else where they're all quite rude to her mm. and they kind of turn away from her and begin their own discussion when she's trying to moderate the thing mm -hmm. um, I don't know mm. it's, a, it's a moment Yeah, that's a weird thing when that happens when people like start, I don't know, like disrespecting and moderating or like. What do you mean by weird? Well, it's like it's, it always feels very performative to watch because then I suppose there's like a certain etiquette of. of like if you're the one who's being interviewed or presented or something that you kind of then I don't know, show some like politeness to the person who's giving you a spotlight or something. Is or, there really? How, like, I have you spoken on many no, panel no, 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 things? No, 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 no. Well, I think like thinking specifically of seeing 
Jordan Wolfson on a panel where it's like not surprising that he was rude, but he made like this whole performance of being like spectacularly rude to Esther Leslie. Mm. And then it kind of created a weird dynamic even in the room because so he was like acting this like naughty teenage boy and like folding his arms and then like every time she asked him a question he'd be like sorry what and he'd be on his phone and stuff wow and then <laughs> then everyone started being really rude about Esther Leslie as well who is, I think is quite boring but then I was with someone who was just like <laughs> she is the most boring woman in the world <laughs> it was like, wait who said that people in <laughs> the audience Peroni said that yeah wow and it was like really I don't know like a quite like antagonistic vibe mm-hmm. and then it was just like she's just I don't know that's like a job to facilitate other people's brilliance or something and then it's weird to be like attacked well I think it's always negotiated it's very much to do with power Mm -hmm. in these different institutions especially bigger institutions which have a whole like hierarchy of curators and like Mm. when artists enter those institutions sometimes they're there almost as like pets who come along with people and uh, it's like a a continuation of a conversation that has been having and for me, that's always um, thrilling to see those like interpersonal dynamics and see yeah. see when people are excited by it. But then, like, uh, I guess I'm into unfair opportunity, or like, uh, I, I find that like n- nothing that's so repellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like just before coming here, I watched this Instagram live with Shus Martinez. Do you know who that no, is? No, no, I don't. She is currently. The head of the school in Basel, and I think that's the capacity that they announced her in. Uh, she's a curator who um, a lot of people, like, much like uh, Hitosh Dale, has her signature essays. I feel like Shus Martinez has a signature essay called The Octopus in Love. But she was um, Instagram living um, quite beautifully and naively um, using the app for the first time. and she said something about you know the thing is you're pressing these buttons and you never quite know if uh if you're sharing photos of your beautiful newborn uh like <laughs> i guess and i think her son is no longer a newborn <laughs> so like the, the old photos or if you're like communicating and sharing uh, with all these other people and she was speaking to the people who are currently supposed to be at the instituto svizzero which is the uh, Swiss Institute Roman outpost, um, and asking them about producing in isolation while kind of spitting forward like the traditional things that you read constantly in like newsletters about like how um, uh, what's our relation to production now, mm-hmm. whether things would be the same, what work is impacted. Um, what's the role of connection or like sight in the work now whether you're still able to interact and what's next after this Um, there was a very strange middle ground occupation where um, I mean I I don't I don't know what role she has within this institute apart from her being like a famous curator who everyone she's quite well respected I think though I do know people who don't respect her I don't know people who love her a lot um, and uh, yeah just kind of format of like asking the same thing and it's only in like I think two of what I saw where she kind of moved beyond the format and seemed actually 
moderately invested in any of the practices and um, and where they asked questions back to her where they kind of tried to tip it further into being a conversation than mm -hmm. um, a kind of inf informational thing mm -hmm. I don't know mm. it's a hard thing to use um, yeah. the direct broadcast format yeah I don't think I've been actually like engaging that much or or like replacing what I would have seen outside or maybe I wouldn't have seen so much anyway. Like I think mm -hmm. it's mainly like if friends are doing something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you watched anything since I got stuck? No. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but I don't know, I think Like, maybe the art world is always a little bit desperate, but then... But isn't is, that beautiful? <laughs> yeah, may, maybe, I don't know, or maybe not, maybe it's... And there's one who goes like, I'm going from here to this residency, and to this residency, <laughs> and then I'll be at the Jan van Eyck Academy. <laughs> I guess I'm quite busy. <laughs> I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> right, I'm going to put some more of this into your camp, like since I feel like, like I missed before. It's not a great much. vessel for pouring. Like mm. a Zhao Dam. Cool. Out of your neighbor. It looks very cool though. Yeah, I might invest it in some your neighbor. It seems like um, a good thing to have around. Yeah. Because it's, um, it. it's Liberation Day. It is. Actually, liberation very, from the Nazis. A very Dutch day for Liberation Day. I Kibbeling earlier. Wow. Out your neighbor. Have you celebrated Liberation Day before? No. Neither. I don't think I've also ever been aware of King's Day whilst I've been in the Netherlands apart from this year. Hmm. I think probably I was always in ateliers and like that's like being on another planet and so like anything right. would be happening outside and it would be oblivious. Wow. I mean, how did you experience King's Day this year? King's Day. Philip made me some gnocchi. <laughs> At Philip's house? Or? At Philip's house, okay. yeah. We ate on the roof in case you're gonna judge. I wasn't like hanging out inside. I'm not judging. Okay, no. <laughs> no, probably more like the I'm to judge. You're just trying to virtue signal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think because I look was, at like... me, I'm an obedient citizen. <laughs> uh, I don't know. More because I'm scared. I'm like, what are the rules? I feel like I need to like. Charlie XCX, break the rules. <laughs> I went to school with her, oh, so cool. I'm still really like. Well, like I remember having one. Uh, crit with her where she'd made like really bad art and I was really mean about it so like in my mind she's still like a, like this like kid who's younger and then I'm like wow she's actually really really famous and successful yeah but do you think that she's improved as an artist as a video like artist since as, like as thinking about the boys concept the... um do you know this song boys no no you talk no. <laughs> um I was gonna say that as famous as she is I don't I can't actually think of, like, I can't hear a Charlie XCX song in my head. Like, I can't, I'm not sure if I could name one or think of one or sing a bit of one. Oh, I could. Okay. When you said that you went to school with Charlie XCX, I thought you meant it was when she was in high school and she was uh, a MySpace musician and... No, it was, it was like, art school, so, like, yeah, less exciting. But I wonder if that's why I have never actually listened to the music, like, some, like, residual, like... 
I don't know. Mm. Art school lameness, where I was like, I was older than her. <laughs> Do you listen to other people from art school? Um, I don't think anyone else was like making music in such a big way. There was that white family. I don't know how if they were that big outside the UK. Maybe not. Um, not so much. Like it was quite a profoundly unmusical place. I found. Goals. No. Uh, Slade. Slade. Yeah. Like I think I that was like the end of my music life in a way where I was like really into music before I went and I was like I want to go to art school because then I'll have more friends who like music and then I got there and like no one. Everyone was like listening to eels and stuff, and then I like, mm. just stopped listening. But you were in Manchester for a while, right? No. No. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool you think that. Why do I think that? I don't know. Why do you think that? I don't know. Because I googled you earlier today and I looked oh, at... Oh, fuck! There's the, my nemesis, Sophie Lee, who comes from Manchester. Oh, that's not you. Oh, my God. <laughs> this has been going on for so long. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it never ends. And she makes this really bad triangle art. And, like, now and then, like, no, a no curator will be though. like... Okay, good, because her art's really bad. And then sometimes people are like, oh yeah, so like, this is very different to what you've been doing recently. I saw some triangles, and I'm like, it's not me. Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sure she hates me as much as I hate her. <laughs> well, hate is a very strong word. Do you think about changing your name to become uh, Tansy... <laughs> Tansy Willow <laughs> Tansy Willow formerly known as Sophie Lee <laughs> um, My middle name is Fun Fun so I was like if I brought that out it would be more less common There surely must be more Sophie Lees than this other I mean there are many more Sophie yeah. Lees but she's because we're basically the same age um she's like prime nemesis mm-hmm. i was talking do you know marina xenophontos no. we were talking about this yesterday because um she's in a there's like a cinema quarantine thing with all these screenings uh it's like it's a whole collection of people like Andrew Norman Wilson, Marina is part of it, Otto Gillen, Rachel Rose, a few other people, Violet Dennison. Um, and it's organized by Coco Young, and Coco Young is part of it. But I have a friend named Cohen Young, who we sometimes call Coco. Um, but then from that same whatever world, there's also like Ian Cheng, and who's uh, mm. uh, like a lot more famous and older than I am. But uh, like I'm like, but then people have commented who know us both like oh I th- thought that you might be related for or like a <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah definitely our parents called us Ian and I but <laughs> why not it's like uh, people like people name their kids that way yeah. like uh, Sophie Sola um, Soanne <laughs> yeah no I think that I think I've said your name before and people have then wanted to think about Ivan Ian Chang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay by me. I think it's nice to disappear into someone else's name. 
I've always felt very like um, territorial about my name, hmm. particularly with this Sophie Lee. But I think more because I feel like we both do each other a disservice because we're like doing, we're in like quite different realms, but then easily mistakable. Mm-hmm. So. I guess a few of the other filmmakers who I know who have been to the ateliers in the past are more like are interested not more but they're interested in crossing into like a more film consideration and um, being seen in those lenses and being understood by that do you have that impulse at all being in that circulation and funding structure like maybe just in terms of practicality and sustainability it would be good to have like some um like some establishment where you're like okay I can probably apply for this funding because they'll see this in this thing and be like okay but um, I don't know I think like almost in the way that I approach film is like it seems quite exciting to me because it seems quite wide open and like bizarrely wide open and non-medium specific because if you go to a film festival even in the same program you'd see like something made by an artist which had very different like I don't know values or needs than something that would be going towards a more traditional film mm. thing and it's I don't know they, they seem like such different things but it all kind of gets scooped together and then that's like on the one hand a bit confusing maybe but then quite liberating because it just seems like no one's really sorted this out or it's a bit of a mess or there's quite a lot of like on map space yeah I remember hearing people talk about like the necessity like concessions that need to be made in terms of even budgeting someone to grade the footage Mm -hmm. even if you wanted to have a very like camera whatever feel like Mm. you still need to go through the measure of like grading the footage to look quite similar to that just because otherwise a lot of people will not look at it like yeah, they will choose yeah, yeah. not to look at what has been edited together because it's just not even yeah. fitting in the same category it's, and so yeah and like that's like two two filmmaker artists mentioning this to me but I'm like oh well seemed and, and then like my understanding of the independent film industry is also coloured by reading um Chris Krause's books where she talks about like the severe anguish and pain of like trying to get reels reels submitted and um, yeah and, like um, standing by your work at um, distributor conventions and trying to yeah, be yeah. seen in that way and maybe the world is very different now from when Chris Krause was making films but I was like oh I don't know that that sounds much more desirable than being an <laughs> yeah just video filmmaker yeah I mean I think yeah I I definitely don't know because I'm like so inexperienced actually that a lot of that like a lot of it I'm figuring out as I go so with this Mm -hmm. film like I will get someone else to do the camera and I will colour grade it but it's not like I've ever done that before and it's like kind of an experiment for myself like okay I think it would be very useful to have a more um, recognisable film 
mm-hmm. but that's I don't know I feel like a bit of cynicism towards that as well be like oh it'll be interesting if this film is like more successful than the last one for having like a finish or like I don't yeah maybe mm-hmm. it's better or maybe it's not but um Yeah, I mean, I don't know, and it's not, I don't have, like, a huge, it's not, like, the trajectory is, like, more production, more production, more money, it's, like, I think probably after this, it'd be quite nice to go quite far the other way, but, like, okay, so now I know quite a lot more, um, how much can you do with less, or And, of course, Selena Gomez filmed two of her music videos on an iPhone 11, so... It is, really? So what do you even need? <laughs> you need some good lights and you can do yeah, anything. That's, that's true, that's true. Just like Selena. <laughs> but in, in that attitude, is that with an interest of... Um, or is that like inherited from many other people? Like, do you have filmmaker mentors? Or Actually, not like I feel so green. So I feel like I'm at this a stage that it could that might not last for very long or like I could have quite a different outlook on a lot of things probably after studying but I think like I think for a long time I didn't have any mentors I just had like very like specific artists who like had certain works that had influenced me and that had been like almost like my only education and definitely like a very stunted one for that and then now I think I'm like very aware that I'm like very influenced by like certain friends' methodologies just because I've never been exposed to any other one. So I like don't know how else you might make a film or it's like the options are quite limited. Um, and then I had quite a nice chat with this woman who had studied at San Sebastian in the first year um, and she was saying it's really cool just for people who have a lot of experience who go and have like a been to film school and have various different ways of working and that that had been nice for her and I was thinking like that's definitely why I want to go there yeah I guess it like speeds things up if you have like a facility with the language or you know what the options are and is everything still set in place to to go go? yeah I think so like I was waiting for them to say that they were going to push push it back because it just seems somehow crazy that they would be able to go ahead but they they wrote saying like yeah everything's fine so seems seems okay you know you never send me that video of you making a pizza in spanish shit okay i'll send it i'll send it to you when i get home did anyone ever respond to that i think it never uploaded and then i never oops no no (laughs) like the really weird thing was that like no one ever mentioned it like no I, had, I, I thought everyone else was going to do this too. No one mentioned it and no one else ever uploaded anything either. So that I didn't want to like upload it like several days late and be the only one. I don't know. Hmm. How long was the video? I think like quite long, like four minutes maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'll send it to you, but it's really embarrassing. Send it to me. Yeah. Uh, my friend in, who's lives here but is now in Canada, Arvo, mm-hmm. Uh, is just beginning to teach now in Arnhem and I think he made a video uh, which is 18 minutes long for these students I think he's teaching them about editing videos for instance and, okay. uh, 
Yeah, I haven't watched that introduction yet either. <laughs> I was like, 18 minutes for a yeah. view. And it's like a similar situation of like someone being slightly embarrassed to have made this thing. <laughs> uh, but you like, send it to me. I want to see it. <laughs> All 18 minutes. Yeah, but he says that it's like footage of him in his living room at his parents' place and like with a horse or something or at a wow. waterfall. Wow. Uh, he's in like uh, outside of Vancouver okay. on the Sunshine Coast. So he wow. sent me some very impressive videos. Um, cool. So I feel like it's just a brag. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I guess it, what you put on your pizza in Spanish is also a brag. <laughs> Flex. <laughs> I don't know. Did you read Remainder by Tom McCarthy? No. So I'm pretty sure this suddenly like brought to mind this scene, and I think it's in this book. Small chance it's in. He wrote. There's another book called Saturn Island, um, and then it's like a really, really strange scene in the book where this character who's quite strange um, and is sort of so he's suffered a head injury and then he's. Um, like performing and, and he's also recently like received a huge amount of money related to the head injury but he's not allowed to ever ask what the head injury was or ask where the money came from so he's just it's like okay you're settled but then he's like performing the trauma or like trying to deal with the trauma with his money in like more and more bizarre ways so there's um so he's doing a lot of recreation where he's um he has these like fragments of memories and then he can like hire whoever he wants or buy whatever he wants he buys these whole buildings and then gets like actors to like perform people in his memory just like repeating the same action over and over again um, and he's like after this like feeling that's like quite fleeting so even when he gets it all perfect it doesn't last that long but then he gets the feeling again one day when he's like I think it's like outside Victoria train station in London where he's watching a beggar and then he just decides to imitate him and there's like a lot of like this description of him just like putting his hands up and closing his eyes and then there's like quite, mm. I know, quite beautiful piece of prose about it and then it's is it first person prose? third or I think it's first person okay. I'm pretty sure I, I can't I don't know 100% um, yeah I don't know it just rang to mind and it's like it's just it's weird somehow because it's it's like quite spiritual and you have this background knowledge that he doesn't need the money and he's this sort of kind of there's something not quite right about him he's like looking for something else but then mm. it's like a very like very beautiful piece of writing and then just somehow like very like vivid or something like I know you really get the sense of like his wrists and his hands and, yeah. Are you reading anything recently? I've been reading um, this book by a woman I know called Susan Finley. I don't know if you'd ever come across her. She's, she's I think so. this is her second or third novel. I think I haven't read any of the others. Um, it's called Objectophilia. I'm really enjoying it. It's like it's so far. It's about a woman who is a design writer and living in London and just has a sort of a quite acidic view on life and it's it's weird to read because it's like very like so I know Susan and I I know who she's writing about it was like super super familiar so then she's writing about the Belfront Tower 
and I lived there for a little bit and I know who she has in mind almost when she's sort of describing characters or like certain characters seem like composites of people that I think I know or it's like very like tangible and then also weird because she like she's a incredibly warm um personable like generous in conversation person who's like very like 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 quite soft almost and and then reading this book, it's in first person. And I know, obviously, that doesn't mean it's her. But at the same time, I feel like it kind of is her. And it's, like, so much more, like, acerbic than I would have ever imagined. I'm like, is this what Susan's really thinking all the time? <laughs> when you write, okay. do you struggle with that? Like, do you have concerns that people will think that mm-hmm. the thing that you're writing about is yourself? I think because I don't write so much, generally, it is, it is me. So okay. then... Um, yeah, then, <laughs> then, yeah. then is that still concerned about being visible or being seen um, yeah like I think I think because I'm so used to writing for myself that in the moment I'm quite unselfconscious because I never expected to go further or I'm quite good at imagining it won't but I can I think I'd almost say like I'd be more willing to be like weird or vulnerable or unlikable in writing than in other areas of making. Are there any practices that you find actually repellent? Like, uh, oh, this morning I listened to the recent Red Scare episode where they talk about uh, Jordan Wolfson's, um, there's a documentary which just came out about him, like oh. following all these profiles that came out. Okay. Um, and, um, I guess they stated their subject position on Gordon Wolfson, but like you mentioned him earlier, and mm. do you find that work difficult? I, I really like Gordon Wolfson actually. Like it is okay. quite difficult, um, yeah. but have you seen recent things as well? Mm, I think the most recent thing I saw in person was at Stadelic, which I loved. Like it was um, both parts. I think it was a two-part exhibition. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainly the puppet. Okay. I thought was, the coloured figure. Yeah, I thought it was really, really, really amazing. Um, provocative, or just like. I think he is provocative. Yeah, and it's like, and, and in quite a dumb way. Like it's like provocative yeah. if you were like to explain to an alien what provocative means in our culture. Mm. It's like, like quite basic always. Titillating. Yeah, yeah. Well, like he sort of it's. There's something like that I think I appreciate about like the dumbness of it as well. Mm. It's like, it's and the smartness at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess mm. I'm curious, like, if there is any, like, what work, if you feel comfortable mm. talking about it, like, mm. uh, it feels um, really uncomfortable. Like, in terms of you talking about uh, not being so concerned in the writing about being less attractive or less pleasant. Mm-hmm. Where that if there's a tipping point. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think I would say, by and large, I'm like not that interested in like overtly provocative work because generally it's quite boring. Or like the, the like goal to be a provocateur mm-hmm. is not in itself boring, but generally the people who want to do that yeah. are quite boring. I have this one friend. I don't know if I've told you about him before. My friend Tal. Um, uh, Tal Engelstein and he his work like is actually 
quite provocative. Like, I, I find him, I think he's a really incredible artist because it's like one of the rare times I felt like that there is an actual danger point or it like really does feel like it's tipping. We were like, whoa, like what? Like, it's, it's always like a lot. Like, his, the first work I saw of his, um, he, he had this big, like, big, like, uh, museum show in Israel where he'd, and where he's from, um, and he'd made friends with this group of punks, um, in Tel Aviv, which is already weird, like, I don't know, what, like, culturally, what does, like, a group of punks mean now in mm-hmm. Tel Aviv, but then I guess they're in their, like, 30s, 40s, and, um, so he was hanging out with them for a while and then um, for his show he had like these um, huge like mounds of soil in the museum space and then he'd like made this contract with them that he was like okay like I want you to be in my show like I'm going to use you and um, I want to drug you and so they were all they all taken sleeping pills so they were all like sleeping in the mounds of sand and then like the yeah the visitors to the show were like walking through mm. and for me I was like I really did think that I was like that's quite on the edge like of did you get to see it? no no I I met him like a few years after it had happened um, and I guess like somehow like their vulnerability and the idea of like how much he was using them like none of it was that resolved but I still thought it was like quite a beautiful piece of work that I was like really impressed by and I really like felt a strength in it or from him and and I like I'm quite I think I've been quite influenced by him or just like his views on art because I met him in America in a context where it was very um, I don't know like do gooder somehow in this quite moronic way where it's like the idea of a practice should be that you identify some sort of social evil you find a link to your own history that particular social evil and then you say how you're going to solve it with your practice and um and I was finding this quite irritating and then it was quite a relief to be friends with Tal who was I don't know would generally go much further than me or always sort of like kind of questions like whoever said artists were good which mm-hmm. for me I like I, I think I'd never even like heard anyone ask that but then I was just like yeah actually yeah like like the kind of intense arrogance of being like because I've chosen this pathway I have some sort of like moral something it's Mm -hmm. like actually there's there's no connection of goodness or like morality with art and yeah Um, and yeah and then the work that Tal made in Skarhegan was there was this friend of ours who came from somewhere in Texas where he said that the like thing for local teenagers to do was what's it called um it has another name but also butt hash have you heard of butt hash oh where you where it's like shelved up your butt no it's like when you get high from shit Oh, no. <laughs> it's like in Texas, in this place where this guy's from, it's like a big thing because he was like, everyone's like pretty broke and everyone's really bored and no one can really afford to buy drugs. But then they have this thing where it's like, 
you shit in a bottle and then you let it ferment in the sun with a balloon on top and then it creates this gas and then you cough the balloon and then Tal was like quite into the story and then like did it and it was like this like real kind of saga over the summer where he was always like trying to like convince people that they had to film him while he was doing it and everyone would be like no no please like I really don't want to film you shit again and he'd be like come on just one last time while he was shitting or while he was huffing well, the, the hard thing was like right at the end, but like, mainly it was while he was shitting because he kept like getting it wrong and stuff. So then he was like, "You have to do it again." <laughs> so everyone got roped into. Um, but surely not everyone was like. Not every, everyone like uh, not everyone was just. Um, I'm sure some people enjoyed filming him shit. I don't think anyone enjoyed it actually. Really. Everyone just said it was like... Wow. I think it was always really early in the morning and they said they felt sick and it smelled bad and it was like somehow a bit traumatizing. But you were all eating the same thing. Yeah. Right? So it would have been very similar shit to... To what they'd shit. I don't know. No? I don't okay. I mean, maybe they did enjoy it. I don't know. It seemed more like everyone was doing it because they really, really liked Tal, but it was just like, oh, Tal's going to... Oh, no, he's coming. He's going to ask me to film his shit again. Wow. <laughs> So many good people. (laughs) Mm. I don't know, do you have anywhere where you feel like, no, I draw the line, whether for like art, like, I don't know, for for various reasons? Yeah, I I think many cases, maybe more like social practices where I feel like um, the people invited into the work don't re- really know the full context that they're giving consent for mm-hmm. and the way that their appearances are used is like like the strength of the work is this exploitation mm. especially when it kind of branches into almost like freak show type mm. things where maybe like um, the cultural context of the artist who's making the work or like their attitude or their relationship to um, subculture kind of becomes a way to um, broach the ethics. And so uh, in that way, there are many instances where, yeah, the ethics of a practice become very um, uncomfortable to me Especially, well, like, and because in many instances the artists are also oblivious mm-hmm. to what's actually going down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they are doing it because they want a virtue signal, or they want to, um, or they know that something will give their work more cachet or more spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's something that I don't like. If they know that they're doing that, and they, they like outlining these contractual practices that's my favorite type of work mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I think that's yeah there are so many practices now which claim to intersect with communities mm-hmm. or go in and research things and um, I mean I'd partly blame that on I don't know like on institutions yeah or, or funding as well yeah. because mm-hmm. I feel like it really skews production in a certain way and then in that way like often becomes quite irresponsible or like Mm -hmm. offensive yeah Yeah. I mean I think like what I'm thinking specifically is more like 
stealing and signaling where you try and like or appropriation I guess in various forms of like I want to build some sort of cultural capital through this thing which I don't actually have legit access to and then in that way it's like a repetition of like everywhere like it can still be exciting though yeah, or, or that, or that's what. Yeah, I was also thinking of just like, like I think the idea of like using people and art is like that shouldn't be eradicated because no, not at all. It's like yeah, it's all about a sort of weird. But it's kind about of, like using people well mm. and knowing how to and whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. I mean, contrary to you, I have been like diving deep into live streams, and mm-hmm. I, I think most days I look at two or three live streams. Really? Okay. Um, whether that's on like. YouTube live or uh, Instagram or Zoom things mm-hmm. and like seeing how different different communities or like different cities have different protocols in terms of how like work is introduced or how they choose to um, to like critically or not critically use platforms or um, bring in new measures to try to avoid Zoom bombers and like <laughs> try to <laughs> control like make spaces and then um, engage in like socialization time um, I don't know it's uh, and then seeing how work is like watched or engaged with or mediated I'm like oh cool I'm not excited by any of it but it's um, it's really refreshing to see mm-hmm. um Yeah. Maybe you have more faith in art than I do. I have some. Like, I, I, I love <laughs> I love it. I sometimes wonder if I do. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, I, I love, like, small bits of it, like, intensely. But large swathes of it, I feel increasingly disgusted by. How are you taking in these large swathes? Like, through magazines and blah, blah, blah. Like through media, I think or, like through, gen- or more like through I, other people who you know around you who are not practicing. So much. Like I think people who, if I absorb it through people around me, generally, I will be quite pro, or like there'll be warmth, and it's yeah. That's not where I'm we're not talking about warmth. You're, you're talking about community. I, you're talking about a few things at once, which are blurring into. Okay. Yeah. True. 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 Um. I think I've like actively blocked out a lot of the ways that you might absorb art. Like I've stopped reading art magazines quite a long time ago because I didn't like them. And I don't know. Like a lot of the ways that you absorb art are just like this is not there are so many more interesting things or like this doesn't seem Maybe it's because I didn't go to art school. Mm. I didn't have that same level of saturation. It was always mm. emerging more of, out of my own desire to... Yeah, which then maybe gives you more ownership as well. Or like, then it... Or, I, yeah, like I don't a, know. It allows me to have um, heroes in a less self-conscious way, uh-huh. maybe. Uh, to experience 
expressed like fandom since yeah. I, like it's kind of filtered through like maybe like a music experimental music type fandom where like even if someone does a release which I'm not so sure about the fact that they did this thing in 2007 which I think was mind-blowing and like mm-hmm. um, it was really special I saw them at this weird place when they were touring somewhere and somehow I was there as well and uh, like I thought that that was amazing mm-hmm. or I know them and then that changes because the way that they talk about what they're doing is like inflecting how they come to something then um, mm-hmm. or like how, how I should come to that thing then oh cool or even just because they're validated by different institutions which I don't have access to or don't understand mm-hmm. um, the mechanisms of or like how to access then I'll be like oh they had a show at Kunsthalle Basel there must be something worth investigating in this practice mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that like, that does sound like more faith than I have because I think for sure I would Like, it's not like the individual parts I don't like, or it's like, if an artist had made something incredible, then I would always be invested. So it's not like they would, like, get bored of what they did, but more like, um... I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, just a little bit sick of the lifestyle, or, like... <laughs> whatever, like, this, like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, um, I think it can like breed a bit of cynicism, but I, I feel a bit more cynical because I don't, know, I don't have like that many other friends who aren't artists. And it just, it's like, sometimes it just seems a bit of a like loser vibe, but I mean, it's just gonna get old doing the same thing. It's like this. There's like something a little bit Peter Pan wired into it, I think, where like you never there's like a real bonus on the one hand where there's something slightly like a bit outside or ageless where you're kind of progressing in a different way, where there's like different goals. But then for me there's been like some loss of appeal as well. I mean, the thing about the quarantine was like suddenly things slowed down in a way that was like uncontrollable. I was like, no, because I um, I impose a lot of like unnecessary and useless things in my life. Like I'm always going to things, or like I'm always organizing things. And it's like, what for? Like for what? And I still don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, mm, well. <laughs> back back to that. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure, I'll try to make a weekly podcast. You know. <laughs> um, I think I, I, I definitely have faith in it. Oh, this is... I'm saying it has value, but it's not value in a universal sense, but I don't think anything has value in a no, universal yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think so, it has like, far more value than most things. Podcast. <laughs> Mainly this podcast. Mainly. <laughs> yeah. 
Bye.